Oh, man. College football is back in a big way. This is interesting to see your daily sports podcast. Still feeling under the weather, but I am crawling out from behind the COVID fog. Like, rate, review, subscribe if you like the podcast. Thanks for those of you that stuck around during my lengthy illness. COVID is uh, not fun. You can get your COVID booster in the United States apparently in a couple of days. Keep getting the notifications about that. Penn State survives against Purdue. And the backyard brawl returns. That was the big story in college football yesterday. Pittsburgh and West Virginia, first time in 11 years or something because of conferences. College football has become incredibly stupid and kind of boring. But we're going to – the games are great and, you know, just nothing. We can't have nice things. So backyard brawl was great, though, and uh, I hate – well, I guess they're, they're not just kids because they're rich now. So I'm going to be mean to them. I hate when teams lose on mistakes. And I also think it's incredibly stupid, like crazily stupid, that interceptions that bounce off a receiver's hands are credited to the quarterback. That's, it's honestly, it's actually just a lie. This is not an interception. So I'm going to bring it up on your screen. This is, it's 313 left. Pittsburgh was down... 24 to 31. They tie the game. 313 left. West Virginia can take all the time off the clock, kick a game-winning field goal, or go in for a touchdown or whatever. They have JT Daniels, whose career trajectory went USC, then Georgia, where he got kind of hurt and kind of benched for a guy named Stetson Bennett IV, who's still there, by the way. He refuses to leave school. He wants to continue quarterbacking. Whatever, I guess. And now he's at West Virginia in the backyard brawl, and I thought West Virginia outplayed Pittsburgh. For the, for the majority that I watched. I think that their def- that West Virginia defensive line is awesome. And then, so he throws this pass. I'm going to have to mute it because we don't want to get a copyright thing on the first day of football. Being back. So he throws it, he throws it, he throws it. Look at, look at this guy's wide open. Nice, easy pitch and catch. Like they're only going to be a first down or two away from field goal range. They might actually score with too much time left. And it just, he's ready to run. It just bounces. And this guy's like, holy shit. Yeah, I'll take that, bud. And then, uh, Jukes him, and now his team, like, those linemen are screwed, and then pick six. So Pitt hangs on to win, 38-31. to 31. Uh, That's not an interception. That's bullshit. Also, I that guy, man, what a fuck up. What a fuck up. That sucks. What a shitty way to start the year. Um, I hear he enter, has entered the transfer portal. Haha, <laughs> just kidding, but not really. Career's over, bud. Um, maybe. Central Michigan and uh, Oklahoma State, for those of you gambling folks out there, they hit the over for the entire game, which was 54. They hit that in the first half. And then at the end of the first half, uh, Central Michigan was like, screw it. There's only 11 seconds left. Let's try try a little trickeration. So they ran this. Of the time a season ago. Look at that. Hidden ball trick. Totally different They're at the 10 there. And this guy runs and to the 25. The so fire up chips. College football is all the way back. Two great games, though. Penn State, what happened in the Penn State game? Penn State looked, they beat Purdue. They have a fourth-quarter drive. They also have a stupid pick six where Sean Clifford, who has been the quarterback for the Pennsylvania State University since Vietnam, I swear to God. He's a sixth-year senior. They have the number one recruit in the nation uh, who's redshirting. We're number one quarterback in the nation, or maybe number two. I don't know. They All these sites disagree. Who cares? And he's redshirting, which is fine. That works. And he's going to only play for like one or two years before he goes to the league anyway, probably. Ah, that coffee tastes good. 
So he throws a terrible pick six. Then they come back. They get the uh, game-winning drive. They convert, I think, a fourth down somewhere in there. And, you know, Penn State wins on the road against Purdue. Purdue is a loud place to play. A couple things from this game. First is that Penn State looked incredibly soft. They just looked soft. They have good running backs again, of course. Like, they're getting all of the running backs that Georgia used to get, it seems like, or at least one or two of them. Um, but, man, they just looked soft. The other thing that came out of this game that was wild to me is that Gus Johnson has completely just lost his fastball. Like, he... Listen to this call. Clifford, looking. First touchdown of the Drops game. Drops it off. He's got a receiver. Kinsley gets to the end zone. And it's a touchdown. Somebody told Gus Johnson, somebody told Gus Johnson at some point that he needs to tone it down. And that guy should be kicked in the nuts. Listen, that's, a, that's, bud, I just got, I just had to care about baseball. Zone. And it's a touchdown. This is a, a conference game under the lights. What? What is shitty call? Anyway, Penn State looks soft. Uh, Purdue has an NFL caliber quarterback. And he looks it. His name is O'Connell. He's very good. Uh, he's got a great arm. I don't... Everyone says NFL caliber. I'm sure he'll be drafted in like the fourth round. There are some freak show quarterbacks in college football this year, which we will get to in a moment when we get to our college football preview. So that's what happened last night. Let's get... Uh, talk about some other stories in sports. In tennis, everyone's favorite Australian, Nick Kyrgios. The be- when I say everyone's favorite Australian, I'm like, if you lined up every single like major sports fan in the world and asked them, if you could slap the shit out of one person with no repercussions, I would say that there would be at least a couple million that would pick Nick Kyrgios. Like the vast majority would pick someone like LeBron. I would pick Brad Marchand of the Boston of the Boston Bruins. A lot of people would pick various soccer players. Perhaps I mean Ronaldo probably makes a lot of people. If you slapped him in the face, he would smile, which would make it even worse. <laughs> but Nick Kyrgios, he is a douche, but he's so good at tennis. He I remember when he was a teenager. It was like six or seven years ago. He would just like decide that he didn't care about a point and he would just like hit the ball out of bounds. Like he would just give up a point. Like, yeah, whatever. I don't. I just need a minute. <laughs> like a douche. Well, he's at the U.S. Open right now. Everyone's talking about Cerrito. Nick Kyrgios was complaining to the ump. They're like, hey, what's going on? And uh, the ump was like, what's up? And he, he was like, ask what this is what he said. He's never been. Well, he's been to the Brooklyn and Queens and, and where the U.S. Open is. He's been to New York City, I'm sure, plenty of times. He's got sneaker deals and stuff, but. Uh, times are changing in the United States. So what was uh, what was going on, Nick? No. It's what? It's not even the kitchen, right? It's fucking marijuana. People at the U.S. Open are getting high. <laughs> oh, I can't laugh. I have to cough. Oh, Nick, that's hilarious. It's, what's really suspicious about this is that he's mad about it. That doesn't sound like him at all. It does sound like him to get mad, but I don't. Doesn't seem to me that he would get mad about weed. He seems like a weed guy to me. What can I say? Uh, big news in the NBA: huge trade. The NBA got cucked, of course, by like sports. Utah is trading their other star. So they traded Rudy Gobert. I forget somewhere where it's cold. I think, and they're trading Donovan Mitchell, the not rookie of the year uh, from a couple years ago. He's a sharpshooter. He was, a, I think, it was a late first round pick from Louisville. Really great player. He's a really good young star. They're trading him to Cleveland for someone named Lori Markinen, Ocher 
Ogbaji and Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton's good. Plus three unprotected first-round picks, which means that if Cleveland sucks, Utah gets the good pick. Uh, and then a couple pick swaps too, which whatever. And so this is a huge, huge trade. People really excited about it, I guess. The actual story here is that everyone in New York wanted the Knicks to go for this guy, Donovan Mitchell. He would have been great to pair with whoever else they have. <laughs> Apparently, somebody named Grimes on their team was not untouchable or was untouchable. So the GM, this Grimes person, couldn't be traded, but they were going to trade R.J. Barrett, the Duke guy. So the the point of the story is that Donovan Mitchell going to Cleveland has set the New York Knicks back and Knicks fans are losing their mind, which is great. The Knicks suck and their owner is garbage. He is just a terrible person. Actually, he's not a terrible person. Uh, Dan Snyder is a terrible person. The owner of the Knicks, I, for, I forget his name, um, Dolan, I think. He is a douche, which is funny. He bans people for like talking shit on him, like comedians. He'll unbook them from his like one of his other, <laughs> one of his other venues. He's just like an old New York guy that everybody, like no one respects. So, and Knicks fans are melting down. That's what's happening in the NBA. All right, let's move to college football preview. That's what we're really here for. Some enormous college football games coming up over the weekend. Of course, we know the drill that uh, a couple years ago, seems like about ten years ago now, everyone complained that the opening weekend of college football was dumb. Everybody playing all of these crap games. For example, Michigan, App State. Oh! That's a joke because Appalachian State, of course, upset Michigan. But now, the opening weekend of college football has become insane, like overwhelming, actually. And then what, what the result of this is that week two is lame. And we'll have to deal with that next weekend. But next weekend is the first weekend of NFL, so I guess we'll just have to get through Saturday. Uh, so the big game that everyone's going to be talking well, there are there are two essentially. Um, the the first one on chronologically speaking is Oregon and Georgia, and uh, the SEC would have you believe that this is a formality. And I'll be honest, I kind of agree. The problem is that I don't I don't know what Oregon's bringing back exactly, but I'm not 100 percent sure how Georgia's going to score. I think they're just going to be like, we're going to throw the ball. We're going to run the ball. I don't, I don't know, man. Um, so sex, so uh, the quarterback, Stetson Bennett, see, I have COVID fog. It's a real thing, and it is not fun. Stetson Bennett the fourth is going to come back, but they lost George Pickens. And without George Pickens, they were definitely tepid and not great. They lost James Cook. Is that his name? Yeah, James Cook. He's, in, he's with the Bills now. So I, it's going to be weird. So that's the big, first big one. But let's go through the other games that people could possibly care about. Anything that's ranked on ranks. We have a couple. Cincinnati's at Arkansas. I think Arkansas is going to obliterate them. I think Arkansas, I don't know. Let's try to find a spread for that game. Um, yeah, Arkansas, Arkansas is going to kill them. Their quarterback, I think his name is KJ Jefferson. He is a great pick for Heisman. Yeah, Arkansas is favored by six and a half. I think it'll be well into double digits. I think it'll be much closer to 17. Cincinnati was great, but they were they were historic. They lost everybody, and a lot of those guys have been playing forever. Sauce Gardner was awesome. They had a receiver that was great. Obviously, their quarterback was the best quarterback they've ever had. Like, that was... It was a special group last year, and they went to the playoff, and that's how it goes. So I think that's... Uh, I think Cincinnati is ranked as a congratulations for having a good year last year. I don't think they'll sniff the top 25 for the rest of the year. That's just my take, I guess. BYU is at South Florida. Um, South Florida, I'm just saying that because BYU is ranked. I think that they'll eventually lose one of these stupid games and we'll have to deal with them anymore either. Oh, that's interesting. Utah is at Florida? Just a true road game. Oh, I do. That's weird. 
Utah, everybody's so much higher on Utah than like they've ever been. And like they lo- they always lose people. I guess they're all coming back. They had a great year last year. No doubt about it. They almost won the Rose Bowl. And it was one of the best Rose Bowl games I've ever seen, including, you know, the famous uh, Reggie Bush, Vince Young game. We're stumbling through this football Friday because I, my brain is not quite working the way that it ought to, <laughs> ought to work. So I would invite you to cut me a little slack, you jerks. Whoa, does FanDuel not have the Utah line? What are we doing? Really? Uh, oh, there it is. Okay, Utah minus two and a half. That sounds right. So Florida Florida schools can beat anybody. Any Florida school can beat anybody with the exception of like Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Any of them could beat almost anybody on any given night because Florida, don't get it twisted. I mean, Pennsylvania, Ohio, California, Texas. Ooh, that's great. Georgia, no. Florida is where college football or high school football is played. Like that is where real... Like the best high school football is played. They have academies down there. That's where they're they're all so fast. So you never know what like no star recruit that like the Gators or the Hurricanes will have that'll just like decide that they're going to win that game. It is happening less and less frequently for these Florida schools, but it can happen. I I hate Utah in this game and the open the, on the road and Florida is going to be an underdog. I I don't know. That's a weird that's a weird one. I actually. Man, betting Florida plus two and a half the, the spread. I guess you would just bet on them for money line, right? I mean, losing by two in a college football game, I don't know. I, would, I might stay away from that one, but I, that one is fishy to me. I, I think that Utah or Florida might might should be favored there. That's just sort of my take. And then, of course, the big game that everyone's talking about, uh, Oregon-Georgia, but the big game is Notre Dame and Ohio State. Uh, I don't know what Ohio State is favored by. My guess is eight and a half. Let's see if I can guess, guess the line. That's a segment that podcasters and radio hosts should do. Holy shit. What? 17 and a half? So hold on. The Associated Press, are you telling me that the Associated Press inflated Notre Dame's ranking for the ratings? No. Have they taken this biggest step back? Wow. I guess the take is just that Notre Dame can't stop the offense of Ohio State, which... So Ohio State has two of the five or six best offensive players in the country, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is, in my opinion, some people will say it's Booty down in uh, LSU, but I think it's this Jackson Smith and Jigba kid for Ohio State. And they have C.J. Stroud, who will be the first, second, third, fourth overall pick of the NFL draft this year, should he decide to come out. I don't know what Notre Dame is bringing back. They always have big people that are being scouted by the NFL this year. It's uh, Foskey, who is probably... I don't think he's in the top. He's definitely not in the top three defensive ends in the country, but he's definitely, he's probably in the top 10, maybe top five, somewhere in that range. Cause there are two guys in the sec that are just on a different stratosphere, but he's really good. They also have a tight end. That's really good. I don't know why this is a really strange, I, I'll take Notre Dame here. I think that what will end up happening is Marcus Freeman will, they'll buy into the coach. I see, no disrespect to the Notre Dame fans that could possibly be listening to this. I see Notre Dame going down in the neighborhood of 35 to 10 and then the game winding up 42 to 28. You know what I mean? We're like, Marcus Freeman's like, we not give up. We don't play that way. Damn, what a, what a tough way to start. What a tough way to start. I am going to be making a shit ton of money on LSU this year because I do recall Brian Kelly's little Achilles heel that people outside of 
outside of Notre Dame forgot about, which is that he just does not give a shit on the road. <gasps> I forgot about that. He sucks. Who do they who do they have this weekend? We're just we're just scrolling through college football, just trying to get through the COVID fog together. Miami of Ohio is at Kentucky. So there are some good games, but there are also a lot of garbage. Um, Michigan really challenging themselves with their non-conference schedule this year. I think they have Colorado State, Hawaii, and UConn. If those teams formed an all-star team, Utah, Michigan would be favored by 30. Oh, this game actually matters a lot to me. I, I kind of wanted to go to this game. It's right, right near me. North Carolina at App State. App State is going to pistol whip North Carolina. Because this that that's not a rivalry in state that matters. App State's just kind of like, oh, that's a fun school that people go to sometimes in this state, which is where I live right now. Mm-mm. App State's the best college football team in the state of North Carolina this year, including NC State. Said it meant it. Anything else worth it, worth watching here? Literally no. Morgan State. Who do they got? Georgia Southern. That's cool. Kind of want to pay attention to Jackson State. They got some really good recruits. That could be fun. The Pac-12, I guess, technically is playing games. Louisville-Syracuse, that's a conference game, right? Still? I think. Who could get upset? Oh, Memphis at Mississippi State. Yeah, Memphis will beat Mississippi State. That'll be fun. But it's at 7.30. I got to watch Notre Dame. Got to watch Notre Dame-Ohio State. This will be the last weekend without uh, more organized football Friday. I like, if you're going to bet, I like, I don't know that I would bet on Notre Dame-Ohio State. I would bet on the live bet. When the spread goes to like 27 at some point when Ohio State's up, then bet on Notre Dame to beat that spread. But tough way to start start your coaching career for a 30-something defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. You never know, though. It's totally possible. Ryan Day uh, is softening up the program a little bit. They never get run on by Michigan, but they did last year, and those guys are still the same guys. That's going to do it for this episode. Back and better than ever. Back and hopefully live. Uh, maybe I'll do a show Monday. More likely I'll do a show Tuesday for sure. Uh, tell your friends, tell your family, have a happy, safe holiday weekend.